Direct Impact, cutting-edge discussion from a forever learning perspective. Take a deep dive with the Aspiring Intellectual Podcast with thought leader John Smith. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Angie. That was a beautiful introduction. Every time I get that introduction, it makes me feel really, really good. It makes me feel like I know something. You know, um, thank you for joining us today. Today we're going to talk about validation. So, Angie, you made me feel validated with that intro. But I have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. I have Joy Gadsden. And I'm not going to say too much about Joy. Joy has a very interesting podcast as a black man who understands what it's like to be an outlier. I can relate to Joy. (laughs) So I got Joy on the show. Joy, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Well, first of all, thank you, John, for having me on The Inspiring Intellectual. I'm glad to be in the house and in the building. Uh, My podcast is called Joy for the Journey, and it's just simply that, finding joy in whatever space of the journey that you are in and or on. Woo! Y'all know this about to be deep, right? Because (laughs) she's looking for peace, and I'm looking to break the earth. So I don't think you can have peace in that type of conflict. But maybe that is peace. We're going to figure it out today. That's right. We're going to get deep. All right. So we were talking um, outside of the microphones about what were we really going to start discussing. And we went over parenting. Um, Joy said, I want to talk about something peaceful. <laughs> uh, I don't see no peace in parenting. Well, <laughs> as a teacher, I definitely don't. But. Let's 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 try this a little bit. All right. So today we're going to talk about peace and parenting, maybe touch on a little bit about education. And if you stay tuned to the rest of the show, I got something special for you. Um, And this is for you. uh, Very loyal listeners. I do appreciate you. Uh, Joy, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Um, What made you open the door to. your podcast about peace you know in such a a time of turmoil that's actually a really good question for me it was um, my own personal journey right it was I was moving hither and yon and keep moving 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 I was moving so fast and everything was so fast and I needed to slow down so it was me saying to myself joy you're on this journey slow your happy soul down you need to find some peace. And so that's where it started. It started with me, just me wanting to find peace, not only for myself, but I found when I wasn't at peace, nobody else in my house was at peace either, right? So that happy wife, happy life, well, actually, I'm not married, so happy mom, happy home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't at peace, my kids weren't at peace. My house wasn't, my dogs weren't even at peace. They was running from me too. So dig it, dig it, dig <laughs> just just finding peace, yeah. Dig it. You know, and I'll, I'm going to clear that up a little bit. It's happy spouse, happy house. You oh, know, okay. Well, go both ways. Okay, hey, hey, Definitely. equal opportunity. I'm uh, all for listen, it. Listen, we got to get these terminologies <laughs> down, people. We got <laughs> We got to start working on this for real. But, you know, um, that's really interesting you say that because when I look at when I'm with my students Mm -hmm. and I see what they're going through and and they don't know how to verbalize what they're experiencing. And, you know, they're coming from something that might be traumatic, you know, and I don't mean it it, it doesn't always have to be something violent, you know, when you talk about trauma, Mm -hmm. but just having so much tension in the home. And children aren't able to function properly, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up. As a parent, um, 
how do you see the benefit of having a peaceful home? How does it how does it affect your children? Uh, did you grow up in a peaceful home? Um, I know your podcast talks about being that outlier, that that black girl in a, in this white environment, mm-hmm. and there has to be some kind of tension in that situation uh, that I would only assume. So I'm only assuming with that statement, but. Can you expound on it a little bit? I can. So let me go back to your first question. Your first question was, um, if I understand it correctly, the the peace in the home, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, um, my parents have been married for 50 years. So absolutely peace in my home, growing up up with two parents in the house, right? Mom and dad Mm -hmm. both taking turns and and raising my sisters and I. My story, my children's story is a little bit different. Um, I was married for 13 years and we got divorced. Mm -hmm. And we got divorced when my kids were eight and nine. And statistics usually say if you're going to get divorced, you need to do it by time by the time your child is seven, because they've already formed attachments after that. That's why you see so many adult children of divorce struggling and having such a hard time coping and understanding. So for my children, it was they were eight and nine. And so the world that they knew of mom and dad together completely shattered. And so I, I purposely try to have that peace. Batar playing two roles of mom and dad mm-hmm. at the same time. So that was my motivation of, hey, I got to get them some peace. Because I knew what it was like growing up with mom and dad in the house. They need to have mom and dad in the house. Right. If I have to be the same person, then I just have to figure it out and be the same person Dude. in order for them to have some sort of peace. You, what you talked about a little bit earlier about um, anger and traumatic issues. That those, those are things my children are dealing with and have dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know, the trauma of, no, not being abused or misused, but the divorce. That was a trauma for them. Mm-hmm. You know, going from mom and dad and then my son not having his dad in the home, my daughter not having her dad in the home. So just watching the two of them, how they've both navigated very differently. Mm-hmm that trump that that experience yeah that's really interesting that that's there's so many things in there like grief Mm -hmm. grief loss but Mm -hmm. there's also um something interesting you said you know there's research there's evidence-based proof that Mm -hmm. i don't think even even married people who are having a hard time look toward Uh, what made you look up that research to find out you know what children um did you do that after divorce or did you do that going through the process on how to deal with your children? How did you find out that information about that, that age and that what age. children are experiencing? I am a researcher. Uh, I like to know things. I am a, um, if I'm going to make a decision, I want to make a well-informed decision. I dig it. And so as I was doing my research and talking to attorneys and talking to friends and other family members who have, who've walked that path and just kind of seeing friends who have come from divorce backgrounds older or younger mm-hmm. it was hey that seven-year-old that seven-year-old that seven age the seven-year-old age that's what came out that's what stuck out but for whatever reason at seven from seven from seven to we'll say birth right mm-hmm. their minds aren't formed enough they haven't really formed those solid mm-hmm. attachments mm-hmm. i'm sure your kids have formed solid attachments mm-hmm. with either you or you know your spouse for whatever reason after that that, you know so interesting um being a teacher i i think i was um i was at an elementary school and a young boy was going through a divorce he was in fifth grade so that would be about 10 or 11 years old yeah Uh, my kids were fourth and fifth grade yeah right okay so that makes sense because he was having such a difficult time but you know i we go back to and i think this is where I really like to unpack things mm-hmm. because I saw how he was treated 
And I remember I even got into a, an argument with the principal um, that, hey, this boy is going through a, a divorce. His parents are splitting up. You know, if if he was a different color, if he was a different culture, would you give him that benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. other than just labeling him as this disruptive, he's bad, he's, he, we don't know what to do with him. I mean, he's lashing out. Any little thing was setting him off, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, he was blowing up, but he was crying. You know, it's not like he was just, hey, I want to make everybody laugh and run around. He literally would blow up and cry. Because of that, inter- they're internalizing at that point. They're not- saying it's my fault. What and so the only thing they can do, and I say that because my son went through that, is going through that. Mm-hmm. He's 17 now mm-hmm. and still going through that. Mm-hmm. Where dad didn't want me, why didn't dad mm-hmm. want me? He mm-hmm. left. He no, honey, he didn't leave you, it was me. Mm-hmm. He we divorced, mm-hmm. but in their world, dad divorced them, right? Because it's the family, because it's the family, right. yeah. So, like, so absolutely, you're right, See? of a different color. Would we have afforded that same grace and mercy? Right, yeah. It is really interesting because we're in these systems, and these systems don't see us as as uh, equals. I mm-hmm. think when, mm-hmm. when we talk, even about, I think I had a conversation about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we typically look at diversity, equity, and inclusion from a, a professional standpoint. But when we look at it, like um, in our or societal standpoints, you know, education, public education. Everybody has something invested in public education, even mm-hmm. if you don't send your children to public school. You have something invested in public education. So when you when you see that there is a lack of inclusion and equity at that level, how I know I I have to figure out a way to deal with it so that I can actually get a paycheck. But the reality is why are we dealing with that as why are we trying to keep the peace why what's the purpose of it see i told you i'm gonna come at you on something (laughs) else make you think about something a little different because i get it i mean and that's that's what makes us um what's the best word to say one in the same, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know, where we're all part of this utopian idea that we all experience, we all bleed the same, we all cry, we all need food and water, we all need these things. But when it comes to something like this, which is so detrimental to our emotional stability, our mental stability, um, our intellectual stability, because we know if you can't concentrate, you can't learn, we know, we are, we know these things. But what makes us so different that we don't get that? We don't, we're not afforded that moniker of existence that says i'm going through something traumatic and i need you to understand where 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 do we as the learned people where do we find our peace in knowing that that's what we're dealing with so i think you can look at it in two ways so peace from a parenting perspective is i need to make sure that my children are okay and because you and I both know as adults, we're out in the world and it's the hustle and bustle and we're going to, we're just in, it's chaos, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to make sure that they can come home to a place that is full of peace where they can lay whatever they've gone out, whatever's happened during the day, they can leave it outside the door and their house is peaceful. So that's part number one as my job as their parent, as their mother to do that. But I also understand where you're coming from the question as far as why are we not afforded that? We're not afforded that because they don't feel we deserve that. Oh, that's different. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve that. They feel we don't deserve that. And subsequently, we don't feel that we deserve that. Mm. So I think it's a matter of we, it needs to start with us. 
it needs to start with us saying, you know, it, I can't remember the TV. The It's an old movie, and the guy was a, a, a broadcaster. He's like, we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore, mm-hmm. right? We need to oh, do that. Nice. We're, I'm mad as hell, and I'm, we're not going to take this anymore. I deserve peace. I want to have peace. And I know, I think it's called The Broadcaster. It's an old movie. Um Oh, I just watched it oh, the I'm other day. I just I'm watched it the other day. But you know the movie I'm talking yeah. about, right? Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to say we deserve peace. Not only do we deserve it, but we are now going to demand our peace. Okay. So how do you demand peace when you still submit yourself to a system of oppression? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it has to I think well, I should say a thing. I know that one of the ways you can do that is saying, okay, what does my peace look like to me? What is peace? Because my peace may look different than your peace. And your peace may look different than Brother Cantaloupe's peace, right? Mm. So what does your peace look like to you? In the system of oppression, yes. We are in a system of oppression. And we're probably going to always be in a system of oppression until something radically changes but how do you find that peace you have to know what it looks like for you and then build on top of that okay what's it called it's called the network the network i yeah. knew it was something <laughs> <laughs> and you were digging yeah, too yeah i was looking for it because i know exactly you know um it, it's funny because i i did a show you know just on the power of black exploitation and i also did a show <laughs> on um terminology like emancipation mm-hmm. and so when we talk about oppression it, it this is where we I might come from a different angle because I don't feel like we should submit to the idea that we might be oppressed for for eternity I don't I don't submit to that I, I believe that uh, it does come to that moment when you say we're not going to take it anymore if that means removing my child from this environment mm-hmm. if that means um, removing myself from this environment in order to really engage the idea of what peace means. Mm-hmm. Even if that means removing myself from family that seems to anchor me to uh, that oppressive mindset. You know, um, I think it's, it's, it's amazing that we have the, the technology that we have now that where we can hear all these people from around the world and hear what they're going through and understand their experiences and we can even get a new ideas there's a young man he's in a polygamous relationship right and he's talking about his piece and about this polygamous relationship that he's in and i think it's really interesting because i think we're afraid to have those taboo type discussions um but when you look at uh, the Mormons, they have in Utah, like one of the highest per capita when it comes mm-hmm. to their, the way they live, but they definitely have a polygamous lifestyle, right? But it's probably because they have alienated themselves. Mm. They're alienated. Okay. They're not in the mainstream. Okay. So because you've a- you can do whatever you want when you're alienated okay. because you can make your own rules, you can make mm-hmm. your own society, you can make your own whatever. Message. And everything is accepted because you have created what you want so maybe we get in there to what i'm talking about and maybe we are you know um for us to actually have peace maybe we do need to pull back a little bit from mainstream and that's telling us what we're supposed to be able to accept you Mm -hmm. know because just going back to my student it's like the health industry saying that we can accept more pain than other people 
you know, oh, you might not be as hurt as this young but European. But why is that? Because it's that oppressive system. I don't know. (laughs) Like you said, they don't value our our tears, you know, Uh, because they've they're if they do, then they have to submit to the idea that they caused a lot of emotional and generational turmoil, heartache Mm -hmm. that can't be remedied. It mm-hmm. cannot be remedied. It, it, it's one of those things that just says, you, it, it, you know, we, that's what happened. You know, I don't think, I don't think we ever even question it when we look at the Jews and the Holocaust. We don't, you know why we don't question it. We don't question it because they look like them. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have someone that looks like you now, Holocaust, absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. And we all know that it was horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, any other uh, um, culture that was oppressed, and have gone through similarly some of the things that, that black Americans have or black people have. Mm-hmm. Horrible. But because they look more like them, it's more it's validated. It's accepted. It's, accepted. Yeah. it's validated. And because we don't look like them, no matter how hard we try, yeah. we can straighten our hair, we can put in blue contacts, mm-hmm. we can do this, that, and the third. It's still not going to be enough because we will never look like them. So then we should what adhere to the to the separatist idea, segregation. Should we should we pull back and and actually live in our own space? They won't allow us to. Uh, now we back to what we're allowed to do. What we're allowed to do. So yeah. That's that's very so this sounds like a catch twenty two in a sense. It is, it is. So in that going you know, in that segregation, that separation, that pulling back, that's where you why your home is so important, right? Mm. That's why your role models are so important. That's why parents are so important. Because you're the one, like the like the Mormons and the Amish, in your house, you get to be the ruler, the princess, the king, the prince, the dictator of whatever your house is. That's your piece. Dig it. And that's where you set your rules and that's where you instill the values that you want to have your your what you want your children to have. Thank you. You know, I appreciate you coming on to the show. I appreciate you all listening. Thank you for sticking with us to the end because I think I got exactly what I was looking for. Um I know sometimes I want to say certain things and it might not translate well to you as a listeners. I need some other people to step in and say these things. But for us to get this peace in our in our in our lives, we do need to take control of that one nucleus, which is our home. We need to instill the values in our children so that when they go out into society, they're not beat up to the point to where they lose themselves. Again, thank you, Joy, for joining me. Uh, Joy's podcast is, again... Joy for the Journey. Joy for the Journey. Uh, check out BU Podcast. And Joy, Joy when is your uh, show on the air, actually? Uh, the first episode is out now. Okay. And the second will be out very, very soon. Just hit up BU Podcasting. You know where to find us. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Joy, for joining me. This has been great. I appreciate you all for listening. And that special... Uh, message i want to tell you is keep an eye out for a book that is called black banking right it's it's probably one of the most insightful books on black economics and it is a hidden gem that not many people are privy to it's on kindle it's on amazon on audible if you don't have time to read it make sure you listen to it if you don't know the words we're talking don't know what's going on in the world
quote i got one quote for you say it with me look it up all right with that being said love y'all talk to you soon and we out